previously on the Sports Refuge Podcast. I feel like it's a lot of guys in the older era who would excel if they were actually in this era. Because I feel like this is one of the most watered down eras. From Delaware, almost live, this is the Sports Refuge Podcast. This is the weekly podcast featuring interviews with guests discussing their connection to sports. And now, here's your host, Earl Holland. It's time for episode 66 of the Sports Refuge, the show where guests discuss their connection to sports. I'm your host, Earl Holland. With most of my guests on the show, the topic of discussion often focuses on sports, with the conversation sometimes straying away from the field, court, or the sidelines. But for this episode, I wanted to make something else other than sports the primary focus. In this episode, old friends Thomas Banks, Christian Blake, and Corey Colick join me to discuss R&B music, the current state of the genre, and some of our most unpopular opinions of R&B music. There will also be some sports discussion as I ask Corey, Christian, and Thomas about their favorite athletes growing up and their favorite live experience at a sporting event. And now... Let's talk some R&B music. This one has been one I've been trying to get together for a bit. It's good to reconnect with old friends. And these guys I've known for a very long time, especially back when I was in high school at Snow Hill. These three guys with me, we were very close. A lot of you guys remember Thomas Banks, who was on a previous episode where he talked about reconnecting with his family and talking a little bit about what it's like down in Florida. Additional guests include Christian Blake and Corey Colick. Thank you guys for being on the show. I'm glad you guys are here. We always used to talk about RB music all the time, especially growing up really in the 80s and the 90s and seeing it change as we went into college in the early to mid 2000s. But the biggest thing I want to talk to you guys about before we start heading a little bit into the sports talk is just your affinity for RB music. What makes you love RB music so much? Oh, uh, hey, who want to talk that one first? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean,. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll go, man. I mean, it's just R&B is just life, man. The new guys nowadays and the, when we was growing up, you know, you had the Shies, you had Silk, you had, well, one time in our era, it was just fly, man. R&B is just, like you, it's something you can always nod your head to, you know what I mean? And you can take it with your experience with life or with you got somebody and you can kind of put yourself in that. I don't know. I just, I just love the, I love R and B music. It'll always be a part of me. I don't know about y'all, man, but R and B is just where it is. It's like with hip hop, man. It's just where it is, man. Yeah, you know. I mean, but let's be real though. Like we liked R and B more because you know we couldn't rap. <laughs> you know, now, and so we could see. <laughs> well, we, well, I couldn't. I know Tom. Tom did his own thing. You know, Corey has yeah. on me and Earl. Yeah. We know we couldn't. Raps, you know, put a lyric together to save my, you know, our lives. Yeah, we can memorize but, some lyrics, but uh, other than that, no, <laughs> not, not freestyle or anything off the top of our head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, R and B was always, you know, the feeling, you know, like like Tom said, you know, in high school because of what ninety eight to two thousand one, you had Drew Hill, you had Sil, oh yeah, you had our boy Dave Hollister. Like, Dave Hollister was our, you know, we go riding out. That was we oh, were yeah. to ghetto hymns, you know what I mean? That's so, right. you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, came, so came in the door pimping, <laughs> handing us right. business, yeah, 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 you know. So, like, you know, it was all you know, R&B was going to like a how P Productions. <laughs> I was wondering when that was gonna come up, I didn't know how quickly that was gonna happen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the show, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man, R and B always had that feeling, you know, like you know, we could express ourselves through that music, and 
we went to a lot of stuff in high school, you know, R&B, like, we could find a song that could carry us through. You know, I remember being in the front lobby and Tom coming up to me with a CD player. You know, we always had CD players back then. And oh, yeah. let me hear Donald Jones, where I want to be. And he, Tom was like, this Tom was like, Yo, hell, man. hear this song. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not Donald Jones fan. Like, no, you need to hear this song. And that was 20 years ago, and that song is still hot, you know? So Still. Still, and you my, know? And my <laughs> man still make music, man. Donnell's Donnell still yeah. going to be a – he's still a beast. I mean, like I say, man, a lot of these new cats, like, I don't know if you – you know what I mean? I listen to a lot of the new cats that's coming up Oh, right yeah, now. still a beast. Like, mm-hmm. Jacob – I don't know if you know Jacob Lattimore. That boy is a he, – he's going to be fire, bro. When he gets, you know, Connections, uh, one, two, and three, all them albums are good. Um, yeah, I'm it over. Jacquees, I mean, I, I, I like Jacquees, I mean, but, uh, you know, I got my feelings about him. The R&B I, music back then, you just, it's I just, just golden, man. It's golden. Yeah, I think for me, like, far as R&B, like, it told stories, man. I remember I remember growing up, like I said, you know, my father playing, he played, you know, trumpet for the Dunphonics, you know what I'm saying? He knows the Dunphonics from Shaver Philly and everything like that, and it's just it's like, Growing up listening to to R and B, man, it told a story, man. It made you see that other side of you that you may not know about because a lot of time growing up, you had to be hard or you had to be a certain kind of way. But no, R and B made you who you are, and it told a story, and it just it just flowed. It was like, man, you mellow, you know, what I'm saying you ain't thinking about fighting and stabbing and cutting nobody. Yeah. It's just like, you know, what I'm saying like growing up listening, to, you know, you three guys, you know, you know, what I'm saying? I grew up a big R Kelly fan, you know, what I'm saying, and I still listen to certain songs, you know, but. I know your beat was was Honey Low and then Twelve Play. I mean, I don't care about Twelve Play. You, y'all knew Twelve yeah, Play coming I'm up. Y'all know, do, but, bro. I mean, yeah. that whole album from beginning to end was a classic. You know what I'm saying? And I, I grew up listening to R. Kelly. You know what I'm saying? Then I grew up listening to the the, the guy, the Aaron Halls, um, High Five, the Verts. You know what I'm yeah, saying? The yeah. you know, High Five. Uh, uh, After Seven. Uh, it, it's so man, it's so many. After Seven. Yeah. Man, yeah. Uh, what was it? What was the group Babyface was in before? The um, deal? Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, on, on, what's that? I only think of yeah. you on two occasions. Yeah. That's that joy, bro. That's yeah. day and night. Yeah, man. I mean, that was that joy, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I was wondering how I mean, long- going, even going back to the Ash Jets, you know, to, to the, the Ash Jets, to the to Thomas song. 15 minutes. Hey, Mark Nelson. <laughs> you know, that was yeah. a song. Henry's class singing that joint every day. <laughs> yeah. minutes. Hey, that's all you need. <laughs> that's fine. Hey, he he used to play, with 15 play that song repeatedly, <laughs> boy. He, he had that repeat. I mean, repeat. Yeah, true, man. Nah, yeah, man, but you know. R&B is awesome, man. I mean, it'll be edged in, in well, I know, in, in us. I mean, because I wish, I wish that we would have, with we would have kind of kept pushing, man. Because you know what, you never know what could have happened, especially now with all mm-hmm. the, you know, you can put everything on YouTube, man. It's so much, mm-hmm. it's so much more act stuff that get you like, you know, you can you can do it on your own. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was a lot harder with us. Right, we was on right. stage singing, you know. But sidetrack, side, track, <laughs> side note. I was waiting for how long yeah. we got episode. Man, I thought of R. Kelly. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> you know, the thing about it is, play with joy. nowadays, it's, it's really tough to try to, you know, you're in this sort of feeling like, can you listen to his music without feeling dirty? And 
it's weird how some people can easily throw away uh, R. Kelly, but not Michael Jackson with all the stuff that surrounds him as well. And that's a but tough he, thing. But, okay, hold on, hold on, buddy, hold on, hold on. I, I mean, Michael they're a different thing, but... Michael Jackson didn't have a tape with him pissing on, on a little girl. <laughs> like, come on yeah, now. Man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, <laughs> he, 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 he was... I mean, <laughs> yo, like, in that R. case, Kelly people gave everybody clues, man. He I mean, people, clues. yeah, well played for twelve-year-old kids. Uh, you know, like, aging just a number with R. Kelly. R. Kelly, R. Kelly, yeah. R. Kelly, to me was the reason why we had cassette tapes and would record off the radio. R. Kelly yeah. was the reason why we grew up in that era where we started. Because I, I, I know for a fact. You know, you call my phone. I had R. Kelly playing in the background. As oh, a, yeah. You know, the oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Honey, yeah, man. Honey, Or you call, or even say, I'm talking to a girl, you know, I don't care. Nobody say, seems like you ready, or honey, love. Seems like you're a classic. I, it cannot be touched. It can't. It's a real talk. You know, that, I mean, that tells a story. Real talk. How many of y'all have listened to R. Kelly in the past month? I can't. I it, haven't listened to him. It man. took me a while to weed myself off of it. I. Okay, I will say that I to certain me. songs by R. Kelly still. 12 Play will always get played in my car. I don't care nobody says. not going That's nowhere. Right. It's not going on playlist. I, mean, I, can, I, mean, I can't knock you, know? you can't knock the artistry, bro. That's yeah. what it is. It's the artistry that you love with. The man but, is what's the sin, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But my yeah. thing is this. Even though he did what he did, let's go down the list of, of artists who did things. You know what I'm saying? Chuck Berry. You know what I'm saying? He went to jail for the for the white girls you know what i'm saying let's be real yeah. James but Brown. people still listen to chuck berry i'm not saying what they did was right but you know yeah bobby brown you know what I'm saying? No, james uh, brown i mean bill withers yeah. still listen to like fabulous fabulous beat his wife but guess what we still listen to fabulous well i want to never fabulous fiance, he beat his fiance. david ruffin beat tammy Fabrell for years even after everybody else beat her for years yeah like james <laughs> brown like so, james brown i'm not well. saying what he did was right James Brown beat his wife. I'm not saying and what they did was right. right, but the music was was still loved. The music was still listened to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. you're right. You yeah. know, you got Dr. Dre. Like he beat him at a party. The D. Barnes people. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you know, you're, so you're right. You know, it's about whoever we cancel. We, you know, I mean, the thing time, is, we'd right. have some, we'd have empty music shelves at Walmart or Target, wherever you want to go to get your uh, music or off the internet. You know, it's it's crazy. I think about this. Think about how we were in college and the age of Napster and whatever you use to steal your music. And now we're willing to pay Apple to buy our music. Isn't that crazy? And and we also got to remember one thing. Drugs played a major part in a certain area. For the the Ike Turners and them, you know, cocaine, heroin, you know, all that stuff. That stuff played a a big part in a lot of their action because it was new. Yeah, It was pure. A lot of stuff I was mean, pure. Some of that stuff was, was 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 broken down, but still, it gave them, it made them a different person. So, I'm not gonna stop listening to the person's music just because, yeah, you know what they did. I'm not gonna do that. But am I cautious on what I play around my kids and stuff like that? Of course, because oh, yeah. I'm not, I don't want yeah, but, certain uh, things. But that, that's just like you know what? Okay, the dude Silva, um, that made Jeepers Creepers. I'm gonna put this out. He was a pedophile. Now Jeepers Creepers, the movie won't get any play because they found out this guy's a pedophile. Mm-hmm. That's why you see the first Jeepers Creepers one did really good. The second one did good. But then they made Cathedral, the third one. You know what I mean? And it, they won't nobody won't support the movie because of the director is a pedophile. But my thing is, are you gonna judge 
the person or the artistry. I don't think you should judge the artistry of what you know the the man did. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's a sick person. R. Kelly's a sick person for doing that with little kids, but he made great music. I'm not gonna stop listening to his music, man. I'm gonna take it and interpret it for me as me like liking somebody of my age. Not mm-hmm. of somebody that's a little kid that I'm like, oh yeah, let me let me get them cupcakes and you're not even <laughs> Did you guys ever see the video where um the guy's walking with his daughters and their Girl Scout cookies and then the guy walks over and he sees R. Kelly's like they splice it in with video. He's like, I want some cookies. I want some cookies. Yeah, it's like you want to laugh and you know it's wrong but it's like you know somebody can make a yeah. joke about it because it's really bad i mean think about it we also go back to the michael jackson thing you know how many times people have made jokes about michael jackson and the alleged pedophilia because it's not like it's r kelly guilty or, or like you know like you said no tape which um <laughs> oh, a, a side note step in the name of love you know that's that's the only video I ever saw R. Kelly actually wear a mask on when he, he should have thought about wearing a mask the other times, but <laughs> you knew thought, it was going to happen, thought, but it was true. Thought, Michael Jackson, when he dangled his little girl from off the, uh, off, the window, uh, off, the, off the balcony, I thought he was a Mortal Kombat character, man. He had that mask on, man. <laughs> yeah, he had the baby outside the window. Yeah, exactly. He had the baby outside the window. He was like, Michael, man. That's, that's pretty, uh... This man yeah. had a scorpion mask on his face, bro. Yeah, yeah, I hit, yeah. I hit yeah. the girl from Mortal Kombat. That's a that's yeah. a crazy. Yeah. He wasn't Michael ready to lost be a his mind. He uh, wasn't Michael ready to be a mind. Mind. You know, and it's an yeah. unfortunate thing how you see talented people end up spiraling downward. And I know it's but an understatement. It's, it's spiraling is an understatement, but just everything that happened with him, it's it's a tragedy. And the kids that whole situation involving the kids too, it's a tragedy for them as well. I mean, what people can say what they want about the allegations, but. If yeah. you're a parent, you wouldn't put your kids in that type of situation, especially if you're doing that stuff for money. Everybody should have been yeah. culpable for it. These, these are just kids. And you looked at the dollar bills and the bottom line over your child's safety. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, the, the, the I always say the music business, like, if you want to be famous at some point in time, you have to, like, go through something really horrific or, like, you almost, like, sell yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to cross that line. Like, Amen everybody that, I know that is famous, like, mega famous, at some point in time in their life, there's something that, or something happened to them that was, like, yo, like, okay, you must really, really want this. You know what I mean? Some satanic calls, bro. That's what <laughs> yeah, you mean. Look at that. yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, that, that stuff is true, man. I... I believe yeah. that's why I, mean, I music, personally music. I couldn't do it. I couldn't sell my soul to like you know. What I mean, that's probably why you know I would always be like an underground artist because I could never go mainstream because you have to do some crazy acts. You know, what I mean to to, to maybe get yourself you know put out there. You just yeah, never yeah, know I'm what it you is. You know what you have to do. Yeah, how yeah, bad you want it you in, want your, it. in yeah. your buns. <laughs> <That's what laughs> I want to ask you guys a little bit what's new has been going on. I know uh, talking to you, Christian, uh, and saying everything that's been going on, you were recently a new father. What has that experience oh, been like? Congrats, brother. Congrats, man. Oh, man. Congrats, man. I'm so glad. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. I mean, you know, yeah. Tom and Corey, y'all know, we, you know, we wait on you, buddy. But Tom and Corey, you know, like, like for, for the fathers, I think we turn on once the baby gets here. Cause we can't do much when the when the woman's holding the, you know have the baby, and so when she got here, that was probably like I told people I was like I never been so afraid 
but yet so happy, you know? Yeah. Because this little thing is dependent on you for like everything. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Everything. But like six months, she's almost six months. It's like, it's gone by so, so, so fast. Like, she's doing stuff now, and I'm like, man, like, I just, you know, had you, you know, in the hospital, you know what I mean? And so, it's a beautiful thing, man, but like I said, it's a lot of fear, but it's also, like, the best joy you ever had. It's, it's a weird, weird, weird feeling. But yeah, man, you know, she's in the room right now, you know, probably, you know, by my mom crazy, but she... I, she I ain't gonna lie to you, Christian, like, when you uh, told me, you know, saying you were having one, man, and then, you know, like, even my own kids, you know what I'm saying, like, I know we all moved apart and stuff like that, but I'm saying, when you told me you were having them, when Tom told me he had one, and everybody, I'm just like, man, like, everybody's like, you know, and I'm just like, you know, when you told me Godfather, that was just even more special, you know what I'm saying, I, that, that touched my heart, like, for real, man, I was, like, really touched, but, like, my thing is, like, I know, like, when my first was born, man, it was like, you know, you always want to make sure things are in, in, in place. You know what I'm saying? You always want to make sure things are in order. You always want to like, like, never be, get, you know, right? They'll never be like chasing the rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, my mom was going a thousand miles and it was just like, man, then all of a sudden, like, next thing I know, we're in the hospital and, and she's here. And I was like, okay, you know, then my, <laughs> uh, my second born was like, same thing. It's like, you know, but you a little bit prepared with the second one than with the first one. But the, the first one, I was prepared a little bit, but I was scared because I was just like, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to be that good father. I wanted to be that better father than my father was. And that was my main goal, being there for my children, making sure they got everything they need, provided for them. You know what I'm saying? I look at them today and I'm like, you know, now they're nine <laughs> and six, about to seven. And I'm just like, you know, I remember just holding them like, you know, not that long ago. Now they're, you know, almost to my shoulders. It's like, man. <laughs> I can't express those feelings. Yeah, it, I mean, I was, I, you know, I grew up without my my pops too. I, I just found out all my stuff finally, man. After twenty five years, I just found out who my dad was for sure, for sure, and who I was. And then when my son was born, I was like, oh snap! I felt like my life was over with because it's not about me no more. It's about him. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I many nights I ain't gonna lie, I want to drop the hog hook and leg drop on him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I you know what I mean? But my son now is five, and I don't know, man. Mm. You look at this person, man, and it's like a little you, and you like, wow, man, like that, man, everything about him looked just like me, man, just about you know what I mean. So I had a little bit more wave. Now I ain't got nothing. Mom, I had to wave goodbye, but. <laughs> He's got like his mom hair on this long, he got long hair, bro. It's crazy, man. And yeah. you look at you sometimes, and you, like you know, my like just like y'all, our, our moms told us one day you will see when you have your own what it's gonna be like, bro. So it's like you know, it's they, you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, I, yeah. definitely. I, I think that's the crazy thing is yeah. seeing like how you know beautiful she is. Like you know, you know, you know, be. You know, that parent that, you know, you know, that, you know, that tells, you know, that thinks a child of this and that. But like Tom said, like when you see that, yep. when you see your eyes, when you see your nose and your lips, you're like, oh man, like that's me right there. You know what I mean? But, yeah, but I feel for you guys, man, because you guys yeah, got girls yeah. and I got a boy. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm happy. I do not have a girl yet. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think one is enough for me, honestly, man, because he's enough. But you guys got girls. You guys got a lot on your hands, bro. Because like girls got away. 
They y'all y'all gonna see, bro. <laughs> They're gonna yeah. drive y'all nuts, man. I was talking to Dante, and Dante was talking about you, know, and Dante having uh, a couple of sons, and then now having his daughter. It's like it's a whole different story there. But I'm just I'm just saying, man. Like I, I'm hard on them because I'm like I know the things that I did, and like I don't want them in the stuff that I did or mistreated people. And you know the saying is, you know, what I'm saying that one day, you know, hope your daughter don't go through that stuff. And I really don't, man. I, I admit, you know, what I'm saying I had to do some growing up, I had to do some maturing. But I think we all did. I think that's why I'm so hard on mm-hmm. them. You know, what I'm saying I teach them young, and I, I, I'm talking to them now, not not when they get older. I'm talking to them now about things because kids grow up faster than you know. And yeah. the thing is, they're gonna learn stuff out in the street. They're gonna learn stuff, you know, in schools. They're gonna learn stuff. You know, saying by TV, it, even cartoons now are more extreme than what we watched back then. We watched Tiny Toons and 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 and, <laughs> you know, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Now they got yeah, yeah, they got know, shows on TV Cookie with... That's all I knew. But now <laughs> Cookie Monster is is, a, is an expression now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, they definitely Cookie Monster expression is expression now. You know, he's he's, yeah. he's an emoji now. You know, what I'm saying oh, well, like you know. <laughs> It just everything's exploding. You know, it's, 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 it's a different era, man. You know what I'm saying? Corey, one mm-hmm. of the things that uh, we've seen going on with you is the transformation you've underwent with the weight loss. Man, you know, it got to the point where, I mean, I can talk about it now because, like, back then I was ashamed of it a little bit. But I went to the doctor, and the doctor told me I ain't have, you know, no extreme diabetes, but I was taking medicine, you know, my formant. And I was just like, you know what, man? I don't want me sitting here popping pills and taking insulin and stuff like that the rest of my life. And I was like, it's time for a change. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, it wasn't easy, bro. It like, it really wasn't easy to change my eating habits, the things I drank, putting my body, exercising. I had a trainer and I worked out on my own. So I worked out like two or three times a day. I mean, it was dedication, bro. And, and, and I mean, I was the biggest I was, was 375. Right now, I'm back to my high school weight in like 225, 230, you know what I'm saying? So it's a blessing, you know, to be back to, you know, in, in fit and shape compared to where I was. Because back then, I mean, I was in like five and six X clothes. Now, I'm in like, you know, one to, to almost two X search, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, it was dedication, bro. It really was dedication. And uh, I remember I remember working, going to the gym with Tom sometimes at EMS, you know what I'm saying? Working out with him and seeing the dedication he put in and stuff like that, it was just like, I mean, I, and not because I'm going to get props to Dante because Dante, you know, told me, gave me some pointers and stuff like that. And my, I guess my wife, I'm sorry, and my wife was, <laughs> my, I worked there two times. You can go to couch at night, dude. Like, she upstairs. Um, but my wife was the hardest on me because we're not going to shoot. We both were diabetics and my thing was, it was just like, Let's do this together. And it was easy doing it with somebody compared to doing it on your own. You know what I'm saying? It was somebody pushing you, telling you don't eat that. It, it was dedication, man. Then find the right protein shakes and substitute my meals. I ain't gonna lie to you. My wife was the real key to my weight loss. Um, she, I, I can't say enough, bro. I really can't. Like, for real. What was the toughest thing you, you were going to miss giving up uh, changing your diet? Ah. My toughest food that I gave up was ribs. I love ribs. Um, I I love a good rib, um, and not just that bread. Bread is especially because I would have bread with almost every meal. Like that was a, a 
a, a needy part for me was having bread. And then when I didn't miss it, like even now, I rarely have a piece of bread. Like for even like starches, I really eat rice. I rarely eat pasta. I don't. Uh, you barely see me eat that stuff. Uh, mostly, you'll see me eat more more poultry, chicken, or seafood more than anything. If you check my freezer, you know. So I, I mean, I have pork in there, but I don't even cook it. You know what I'm saying? Really, like mostly, it's, it's I love I love turkey. That's my favorite now. Turkey wings, turkey legs, turkey protein. Um, and seafoods, crabs, fish, salmon, you know, stuff that's good, good for your body. You know what I'm saying? Stuff that breaks down easy. I stay away from the bread and meat as much as I can, but every once in a while I have some here and there. You know, I'm not going to lie. More vegetables, you know. I know they say with this stuff, it's always with any type of diet, it's the, the yeah. thing of trying to drill into your head. It's a lifestyle change. It's not like a crash thing. It's not like something you'll do just to get in shape for the summer and then you can get back on it, you know, once fall hits. It, it's something you have to do nah. continuously. Even during this whole COVID thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I gained a few pounds, but, like, I'm not, like, off. You know what I'm saying? I'm only, I only gained, like, like seven, eight pounds, you know what I'm saying, like, from this whole COVID thing. So I'm not disappointed. My thing is, you know what I'm saying, it's a difference when we were in the house and couldn't really go nowhere, you know what I'm saying? I admit, you know what I'm saying, being in the house, because I like to get out and do stuff, you know what I'm saying? You you eat a little bit more, you you do things that you know you're not supposed to do, but at the same time, you watch and monitor what you eat. So, I mean, I gained a little weight, but I'm not disappointed. Like, I'm still working out, you know what I'm saying? I work out here and there, my job. Now, you know, I'm a correctional officer in Charles County now, so part of the job there is you must work out. They make you work out as part of the training and as part of the thing you're going through. So I work out at work and stay in shape. And speaking of COVID, Thomas, I know you're down probably in ground zero where COVID is really growing. What has it been like since Florida opened back up? Florida was like, not like how New York is right, right when it first started, but Florida got worse. I know Miami and Dade County that area, they didn't shut down again. I'm in Southwest. Everything is closes at like eight. I mean, it's it's bad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I was blessed enough to still be working and everything, and have my job and get paid, and you know, do things the little bit that you can do. It's pretty much like almost ground zero here. I mean, they hide a lot of stuff. Like the unemployment rate down here is stupid. Some people not even getting their unemployment. Everything is just shut down. I'm actually thinking about just moving back up to Maryland, like Hanover. That's what oh, I'm probably yeah, you come up here with the boys. Come on over. Yeah. Come on over, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Hanover really, really good right now Um, because, like, the casinos out there and everything. Because down here, man, like I said, COVID is – for people that don't take it serious, it's it's serious. And that's probably why it's still around because people don't take it serious. You don't go out masked up. And unfortunately, you know, they're killing us through everything anyway. Why would you go risk yourself if you don't have to? You know what I mean? There's a lot of unnecessary deaths you know, that happened because of this virus, and it's just bad. Personally, I think it's all government stuff going on anyway, you know, but it's not fun. You know, you got to be, and not not too long mm-hmm. from now, they, they had the testing sites where they're sticking those Q-tips up in people's nose, and it's a little fabricated with some of the things, because it's not going up to their brain and stuff, but you see all these people lined up outside, you know, you mean, you see the cars, I mean, it looks like you, you would think Michael Jackson or somebody came into town, man, or, you know what I mean, or just somebody like a celebrity because these people are piled up, man. You get off the exit and there's cars 
we have the Boston um, Red Sox, the training facility down here. And um, the stadium is like, it's, it's cars lined all the way back to like, it's just crazy. It's, it's It makes no sense, man. And like, these people are getting tested and they don't even let you know when you get your test, they're sending to you in a text message. Like some people like got to get back to work and they're losing their jobs because they don't know when they can come back to work. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff is just crazy, man. It, it's bad down here, though. So that's why I'm like, it's easier for me to wow. take myself, you know, my son, you know, my wife to be and get up there back to where it makes sense. Because now I've been down here for 10 years, man, just about. And it's and this this whole thing has just, you know, put a damp on a lot of things. I mean, it's bad, man. It's pretty bad. And I know I can only imagine and where I'm at, yeah. of course, for a few weeks. They were not allowing people from Delaware to go into New York, Philadelphia, or New Jersey, or even Connecticut, unless you sat in quarantine in the state for two weeks. And it was just crazy, because I, I work in New Jersey, so that's normally a 40-minute a drive for me. So if they were actually allowing us to actually go back in the office, there would have been no way possible I would have sat in New Jersey for two weeks just to be before I could go to work. I mean, thankfully, mm-hmm. the blessing of being able to work remotely uh, for my job is very... Um, you know, it, it's crazy, but not being able to go anywhere. And, like, there's a lot of things that people are planning or planning to do later in the year that you think maybe you might be able to do. But what's to say you'll even be able to go back in or be able to go to those places because things might get worse or just stay the same where people might just have stringent rules where you just can't get in unless you sit there and uh, quarantine for two weeks. And that's going to be hard, especially yeah. if you're just visiting. Yeah. Even in the jail, it's crazy because we got inmates still coming in. And I'm in an adult facility now compared to the juvenile. I was with a juvenile three years, even for three years. Then I switched over now to adult. But I take precaution. I mean, I have my N95 mask. I have my other mask on. I have a shield. I have gloves on. And the minute I get off work, I come in the house and I take a shower, bro. Like, if I'm around inmates, I take a shower. I, I mean, our facility has been lucky to have no cases. But... I don't take no chances at all. And then even my wife working in the hospital, she does the same thing. I mean, you got to take precaution. And it's sad when you see people not taking precaution and not taking this stuff serious because it's like you don't know. I mean, and that's the thing that the scary part is it's not so much the ones that find out they have it. It's the ones don't know they have it. And then the ones that show no symptoms. That's the ones that are scary. Because we could believe that maybe we may have already had it, may not know it because you can be asymptomatic and, and never know. You could have... Walk through a whole bunch of places and like, oh, well, I, I had it and didn't notice it, didn't feel a thing, didn't have any symptoms. And I was just listening. They were talking about the, the Braves first baseman, Freddie Freeman. You know, he's what, probably 30 years old or so, maybe a little older than that. And he had 104.5 degree fever. He told me, wow. yeah, I prayed to God for my life and all this stuff. And he's a professional athlete, and it was this bad. And then you have somebody like, uh, you know, Dwight Howard going around like a fool and doing all his stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a fan of Dwight Howard. If you guys, <laughs> no, I've yeah, never been a fan. And more Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert did the same thing, man. <laughs> Touching on the mic and stuff, man. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were people were doing some really dumb stuff. I mean, like you know, then and now. You know, so yeah, I, I remember that whole Gobert thing when he was, you know, touching on all the mics and. You know, ended up giving it to his whole team. Well, half the half the team. No, get that up. Hey, yeah. he, he he was a team player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was passing the rock. Yeah. 
when you heard that a lot of sports were shutting themselves down as a result of the concern for COVID-19, what were your thoughts on that? I know at that time it was real. I mean, because working in schools, when they shut schools down, no, when they shut the colleges down. And then I remember watching the Pel- I think it was the Pelicans game on, on uh, NBA TV. And they were like, you know, halftime came and the guy came for halftime. He was like, we're not going to go on with the second half of the game. I'm like, really? It's like, it's like World of the Worlds kind of stuff. You know, like they're going to really shut down the game, like in the middle of the game. And after that, you know, it was really bad. So once that happened, I knew that it was like, once that money was cut off, once, once people was like, like we got to cut it off, even with all the money on the line, that's why I knew it was bad. It's scary, man. Like when you see people now, they playing in the, like, wait, I see, I think it was a baseball game I was watching the other day. Caught a little glimpse of a baseball game and when nobody in the stands. Nobody. <laughs> you hit a home run, the, the seats catch the ball. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> they don't even throw it back. Man. It's, crazy. it's crazy, man. Like, I, it, it, it makes you wonder, man, because it's like, I would be real interested to hear how that floor going to sound when, you know, somebody gets fouled or something. You're going to hear all kinds of cuss words, man. <laughs> all kinds you know, of smacks. Crazy. The, the second delays are going to be uh, a pain because they're not easy to do. I mean, even working in radio, when I started hearing everything start to shut down, I was running the board for um, Delaware women's basketball. And it's like, you know, make some extra money while you're, you know, all you do is listen to the game and just make some extra money. And then I was keeping my ear on UMES. UMES women had already knocked off the top seed in the MEAC tournament. And they were, you know, they were thinking this is their year to go to NCAA tournament. And then all of a sudden, uh, things started to slowly shut down. The CAA cancels the rest of theirs. And the MEAC, you know, early on is like, you know, we're going to play this game. And just like what happened with the other game, the NBA game, halftime, like, nope, that's it. We're done. And yeah. and now it's stretching to really almost six, seven months. And and you just think, wow, this is crazy. And like, really, it didn't affect the NFL. And we're going to see what's going to happen with that. Uh, I just think about oh. that game in Baltimore with the White Sox and the Orioles because of the Freddie Gray stuff. That's just a precursor oh, yeah. of what we were going to see. Who knew that was going to be, you know, example of what we were going to see years later just because of COVID-19. Well, like I said, I was saying before, this is going to change the game, man, for for a minute. So, I don't know. I just tell everybody, like, you know, get ready. You know, um, it's going to be something else, man. Who was your favorite athlete growing up? And we'll pair that in with, with the first live sporting event you've attended. I mean, for me, I grew up a big Jordan, Shaq, and Penny fan. I mean, I, I used to love, you know, those three, you know. Those guys, those those were my favorite. Shaq, Shaq and Jordan by far was my favorite. But if I had to pick a, a player, this was Jordan. Jordan was my favorite. How about you, Christian? Hey, y'all knew who my favorite player was. It is crazy, oh, yeah. you know, this whole COVID thing. He had to retire without playing his last game. Yeah, but yeah. like, like I just remember that 2000 dunk contest, and I remember yeah. being being on the phone with my brother. And my brother was going to Dell State at the time. He was saying that. In his dorm, all the guys had their door, the doors open during the dunk contest. So he was like, after every dunk, the whole building, the whole dorm was just going crazy because of what he was doing, you know. And he didn't make it to the, you know, the top. You know, he was, you know, he didn't get, you know, he missed that shot against Philly in, well, that 2000, 2001. And after that, you know, he was, he was chasing, you know, after that. But, 
yeah, man, you know, that was my favorite boy. I never got to see him play live, but that was it. Like, you know, VC, mm-hmm. 15, Toronto, New Jersey, Orlando, Dallas, you know, all the choice. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been a fitting end had he uh, went back to Toronto last year and, and with everything in the championship and just the fences being mended. It seemed like, you know, the fences were being mended over time after yeah. he left. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I would like to see that. I mean, but I think Vince never really was – I think early on he was chasing it, you know, with Dallas and Jersey, you know, because that was Jason Kidd years. But after that, I don't really think he really cared about a ring, you know, like that, you know. And I know that's not the PC thing to say when you play professional sports because you always got to be the best or try to be the best, like the Jordan mentality or the Kobe mentality. But Vince never had that, you know. He was and he was content with that. And I know it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but that's just how he was. Yeah. Hey, Thomas, how about you? Who was your favorite athlete mm. growing up, and what was the first live sporting event you attended? Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not no bandwagoner. Um, I mean, I watched Kobe Bryant. He he was drafted by Charlotte, and then he went to L.A. <laughs> and he, you know, I mean, God bless the dead. Kobe is gonna always be like. You know, and my my number one. Uh, you know, the dude just had like I mean, his his name was Mamba for a reason. He had that mentality to, you know, Kobe was the dude, man. I mean, he, he, I love Stephen Curry. No, I love Kevin most Durant. Most stuff. I love Clay Thompson. I love all them guys. I love Allen Iverson. You know what I mean? Like um, Russell Westbrook, but Kobe. You know, just Kobe, man. I mean, I'm always be a Kobe fan. Tell you know. Even when he went with Kobe and Shaq, man, you know, they, them two, like, but it's just Kobe, man. I mean, I, I it ain't not just because he died either, man. It's just that Kobe was, he, I mean, I remember when 2K came out on Dreamcast. That's all I would play with. Kobe, Kobe with the fro. I remember playing in college. He, going, 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 yo, going, he used to Kobe. beat my butt all night long. <laughs> Kobe with the fro. <laughs> Kobe with the fro. Kobe with the fro. That's all I used to do, man. Spin move, go to the hole, dunk. Because you couldn't stop me. You could shoot the three. And he could, I mean, Kobe was just a, a special dude, man. Uh, not saying that nobody else isn't. It's just, you know, he just was that dude, man. Um, yeah, he was that First dude. basketball. Yeah, the first basketball game. You know, honestly, I, I came down here to Miami. I seen Miami play with Golden, going against Golden State. That was my first basketball game, man. And and I loved it, bro. You know, I went down. That was the first one, and I, you know, I saw a couple more Miami games. You know, being you know, I had to. I was a ticket holder, so I was able to go see games and everything. But as far as my favorite player, man, of all time, man, basketball wise, is definitely Kobe Bryant, man. Kobe Bean. You know, I would recommend Kobe this Bean. to you guys if you ever go to another live sporting event. I say you gotta go to hockey, man. Hockey, it, it's so fast. <laughs> it's it's such a crazy pace. Especially, I'm a big baseball fan, so so hockey is still so quick and so fast paced. I mean, believe me, you don't really know what it's like until you actually go. Just like with any sport you see on TV all the time. I never been to a hockey game. Live. No, yeah, I never I never been to a hockey game. I never yeah, been to a hockey game. I, I always wanted to go, but I never been one. Neither. Like, and, you know, I, and I was in DC when they um, when they won the Stanley Cup. I was working in DC at the time. And that you know, I I did enjoy the parade. That was that was bananas. Oh, but yeah, I never. I don't know, buddy. I just you know, hockey was never my you know, you know, cup of tea. You know what I mean? 
You are all around because Earl's an all around sports fan. Earl can find Earl can find love in cricket. No, nah, no. For somebody who watches baseball, I think cricket and soccer are the most boring sports ever. They are the most boring sports ever. The only benefit that soccer has is that it's done in under two hours, and you can go on with the rest of your day after that. Soccer is boring. Soccer. Is boring, I found a love. I found a for bowling, man. I mean, uh, bowling is where I did. Man. Bowling is is awesome, bro. You know, so, I, love yeah, I, I love bowling. I love bowling. Yeah, I, res- I respect that Earl, man. Like you know, what I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. I thought you know, I was kind of with Christian on that one. I said, I, I think Earl, like any, any, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I got my, I got my limits. I, like I said, and just like this, I've covered a NASCAR race. Honestly, NASCAR is only good the last ten laps because that's all that matters. The last ten laps are all that matter. Seriously, some people will watch it for the flag waving to start the beginning, the crashes, but the last 10 laps, that's where it all matters because nothing else matters because all you're doing is going around for, you know, about 200 laps. And those are inconsequential because you get knocked out at any time. But those last 10, that's all that matters. Well, can somebody help me understand something? Mm-hmm. When, when did eating chicken wings became a sport? Bro? <laughs> I mean, chicken, <laughs> chicken wings and hot dogs. And hot dogs. I, I just, I mean, and people like judge like all oh, the way he eat those chicken wings. That that's magnificent. Good for him. Like I've never form. seen him do it before. Like it's a chicken wing, bro. I had to the eat I, I always thought like, if, why would ESPN put the spelling bee on? But I mean, that's a that's a fine line between what's a sport and what's a competition. Those things aren't always together. They can be separate things sometimes because there's a difference between competition and a sport and a game too. Because they're they're completely different things. You know. Well, how'd you feel when they started putting in WWE stuff? Like, I mean, we were all were wrestling fans, but we didn't really acknowledge it as sports. You know, we weren't that. We know we knew there was a line, you know, to cross. But now ESPN. They show WWE stuff. I'm like, come on now. Hey, like, what's the what's the E in ESPN? Entertainment. That's all it is. And and they know it's entertainment. Really? And, and it's easy. And it's easy to put stuff on just like Fox Sports One. They'll they're showing uh Survivor series from two thousand six. Yeah, you I mean you're gonna show you know we all were like, you know, wrestling fans as kids, but we knew the limits of you know, we knew that it was fake. I mean, you know, we get to an age and you're like, Okay, come on now. I will say this, and, and, you know, the flack that wrestling fans get for saying it's fake. Think about this. And I had this discussion with Brian at, where he's like, you know, people will watch reality shows and have no issue with it. People cried in Avengers Endgame and Infinity Saga when, when people started disappearing with the snap. And, <laughs> and you know, we, 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 have to, we have to come to this belief that everybody knows this. Everything we watch is contrived and it's made up and it's fiction. But we can't get on somebody who watches Game of Thrones and you're a Star Wars fan. You can't, you know, there shouldn't be any uh, lacking that. Everything we watch is fake, except sports. And even then, sometimes people, people would always, first thing people say when their team doesn't win, it's rigged. They cheated. You know, that's all, that's the first thing people say. Well, yeah, but sports, man, you just never know, though, man. Like, it, everything's a lot about being paid off, man. The best teams. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, no offense. I, I mean, I believe in, like, them, them paying off people to win and throw games. You know what I mean? I think there was a reason why Tom Brady didn't win another ring this year because he knew he was going to Tampa, bro. He just didn't know he was going to Tampa with COVID. Yo, I, I watched a game of football, right? Literally, the guy is pointing, like, literally, he's pointing which way he's going to go to the guy. And you see the guy actually, like, run past him. Like, like sports now, <laughs> since Vegas gotten in, really into play, 
back then it was penalized. It was you were fined for gambling or betting. Now <laughs> it's legal to bet or make money off of that. So now you got Vegas in hand. Let's be real. Somebody coming to you and be like, hey, I got $7.5 million. You throw this game. I mean, most people are going to look at me like, hmm. I mean, let's be real. Hit me with $25. Especially if you only make, especially if you only making something. <laughs> I feel like if somebody like Clay I mean, Thompson real. or LeBron I mean, or Steph Curry, yeah. you're going to have to pay them more than 7.5. You're going to have to give them a lot to for them to even think about throwing a game. But, but I'm just saying, like, but this is $7.5 million in a bag given to you to throw a game or call a call. Like, they're referee for the NBA, you know what I'm saying? They would offer him, like, $1 million a game almost. You know, well, that's because referees don't get paid. Don't somebody, get paid nothing. <laughs> right. But somebody come to you, somebody come to you with, like yeah. I said, $10 million, hey, championship game, you know, I need you to make this team lose. And they're going to put the bet on the winning team. Think about it. You're not going to throw that game, and you're going to get more of that money, too? I, I mean, it could be like... It's, it's all... It could be like that South Park episode where, you know, it's Jesus fighting the devil, and everybody bet on the devil, and only one person bet on Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the devil takes a dive, because <laughs> he's the one who bet on Jesus. Hey, uh, he, 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 <laughs> He whipped Jesus' ass. Yo, that's laughing. Yo, we can't call it, bro. I know what you're saying. It's the example. I mean, because he whipped white Jesus' ass. Because the point was this: that that you know, again, Jesus was always going to win, regardless. And and the devil knew that, and he basically suckered everybody. He suckered everybody into betting for him, and he took and he won everybody's money by taking a dive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is pretty much as soon as you said that about throwing that's the first thing now, that came to mind. Like I said, sports sports nowadays, man. Sports sports aren't sports sports aren't sports no more. Sports are I, I say to me, and when I say sponsor, I ain't talking about like sponsors as far as like Gatorade and stuff like that. I'm talking about they're sponsored by marketing and money. Oh yeah. yeah. If they don't make money, it don't make sense. Bro, it's all about the owners, bro. Yeah. The owners are making money. Yeah, the owners. It's just a, it's like that old slave mentality. Look at the Panthers that year they went Super Bowl. And hands down were the best team in, in the NFL. Hands down. And then get to Super Bowl and they played like garbage. Then you got the Atlanta Falcons. You up 28-3 in the first half. 28-3 in the first half. And you ran the ball the first half. You had 153 yards rushing in the first half. In the second <laughs> half, you only run the ball Five times. Kyle Shanahan is a factor in that. Because think about this. Look at this year's Super Bowl, Christian. I know you don't want to talk about it, but think about this. They had Mostert, who ran all over Green Bay, and he barely touched the ball until maybe the second half. Why is that? Is it the fact that that, that somebody like Kyle Shanahan, I've always not been a fan of Kyle Shanahan, because I think he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And it showed twice. He should have two rings rings right now. It's it's ego. Ego. Same thing with happened to Seattle. You know, we all we all remember that game with you know Marshawn Lynch running it down in New England, and then the one yard line he wants he wants to throw you know the cross route, boom, oh, intercepted. You know, coaches in NFL coaches in college terrible. Coaches got the biggest egos, man. You know, look at Nick Saban and all those cats, big egos, and they think that they run the they, they was, run the world. This was averaging five point four yards a carry in that Super Bowl that whole game, five point four yards a carry. <laughs> and you mean telling me on the one yard line you don't hand this ball to this man? 
getting you five yards. You think it was money involved? No, I think it was. Oh, yeah. They wanted they wanted to make Russ the hero and not Marshawn. That's what it was. They wanted to make Russ the hero. Oh, okay, I see that too, Earl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, but you know, I don't. Pay, I, I don't see that. I can see that. Anybody. So you know, somebody come out twenty years later and be like, you know, I had money in that but, game. You know, that I but as, a, but as a quarterback, I would have said audible. <laughs> we're gonna run the ball. I'm sorry. Because if you listen, you had that right as a quarterback to audible. <laughs> I'm sorry. It would be like, John, listen, you would have seen Audible pop the ball John Madden. If I'm on the online, and I'm against you, and I got seconds. Okay. We're we going, we going QB dive or something up the middle. Okay? Full back dive. Full back dive. That's not going to – listen, throwing is not an option. I'm sorry. We're not throwing it. No. You can be mad at me later. You can be on the night show with Jimmy Kimball and all that. Talk about, yeah, I called a pass and play. I don't care what you call we running the ball. Yeah, and think about yeah. this. If you're like six inches, all you got to do is that smooth criminal lean, and that's all. It don't even You don't even have to get hit. Just put the ball over. Just do the lean over the over the plane. That's it. Don't matter. But Egos, man. Egos. Egos. You know, it's, it's, it's in this sense. Sports, I would have put an office alignment. I would have put an office alignment back there. Listen, just hold on to the ball and fall for it, okay? Like the, <laughs> like the fridge. Just fall for it. I don't care. What? Hold on to the ball and fall for it. Five point. Listen, if you're getting five point four yards a carry, that's a first down almost every run. Okay, hands down. Okay, and you mean tell me you're on your one yard line, not the two yard line, not the three yard line, not even the five yard. You're on the one yard line. Right, first and goal. With one yard to go, you you want to pass? Egos, egos. That, that, that's all. I ain't gonna even say what I'm gonna say because we on broad, we on we on lie, we on lie right now. We on lie right now. But I'm, you, you know what I'm. Yeah, we we, yeah. we can't curse. We can't curse on our show. Yeah, you you gotta at least run it three times before you even think about passing. And then, <laughs> like I said, you stack the whole line. You get a defensive end, play tight end. Just don't hold and just and just don't jump and just keep going and just. I mean, and even Russ, and you know that offense is tailor made for Russ to do like a read option and just go in the, and plow in the end zone. It didn't matter if you want to make Russ a hero. You run the ball, you lean in, you take a you know you take a read option and go. It, it, it's just, I mean, like I said, you got four difference? downs, and if you get a penalty, that's another down. What was it? A difference of three points, two points, or what? It was I don't even remember the Super Bowl final score. Was it? I mean, it was. I think they lost by. Four or five points, like okay. four or four points. I think yeah. those were four points. Okay, I mean it's just like that. Because a bonehead cold. We just saw about two instances where Tom Brady got rings because of people were being stupid. That that's <laughs> think about it. But you know, also they wanted Tom Brady to get that ring. They wanted Tom Brady to carry the NFL. Like right now, I mean, you got the NFL. If you look at the NFL, the numbers and stuff like that, they they need somebody to carry the NFL right now. The NBA has LeBron. Hockey's got Ovechkin and Crosby and, and other guys, stuff like that. Baseball, you got, you know, Judge. the Bryce Harpers. You got, you know. Aaron Judge. You got the, the people, uh, what's the, what's the, bat, the batter from New York. I can't think of his name. Yeah. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Yeah, right. Judge. You, you got you got a face to carry those those players. Patrick Holmes, you know what I'm saying, right now is going to be a new face. But back then, when we were growing up, it was Vic. You know what I'm saying? It was McNair. You know what I'm saying? It was. Certain players, it was carried carried the NFL, and the NFL needed a face, and they needed Tom Brady, and they wanted Tom Brady to get that ring because guess what? It'd be talked about as he's the greatest QB of all time. They wanted him to get that ring, but in reality, 
two of those rings should not be him. Two of the ring, one ring should be with the Carolina, and one ring should have been with Seattle. And if weird things didn't happen, Peyton probably would have gotten an extra ring. And then, <laughs> I mean, and then think about the the Ravens game in Fosborough, the miss kick, the Lee Evans drop. That's a different story too. That's another <laughs> ring that that's another ring that Brady probably loses there. Oh, let's go back to Oakland that year. Let's go back to that. You know what I'm saying? Because that was terrible. That was the worst call ever. You know what I'm saying? That call was terrible. Really, the Patriots (laughs) didn't even win the Super Bowl that year. Let's let's be real. And then you cheat the Patriots and the Colts and do their play calling. (laughs) And you see what happens when people hide their play callings or don't give you the play callings. You lose. So, (laughs) are are they the greatest team ever on, on paper? Yes. But in reality, no. Because in reality, when he intercepted that ball, he jumped the gun before the ball was even there. <laughs> they knew the play. They knew the play. I mean, he they knew the ball was even there. They knew. They knew the tendencies. Oh, no, I will say on. this, but you look at Tom Brady. <laughs> but look at Tom Brady's legacy, and I'll say this. You got, <laughs> I know. But I'm saying this. Look at Tom Brady's legacy. He got beat by a backup quarterback, and he got beat by the imperfect clone twice. He he got beat by the imperfect clone twice, and and a backup. What does that say? <laughs> <laughs> you know why I call him the imperfect clone, right? Why? Because uh, actually, you remember? I know you guys remember Count Ducula, right? Why? Count Ducula. Count Ducula. Yeah, there's a car called <laughs> Count Ducula. So yeah, it's a vampire duck. Yeah, it's a vampire duck. So when they resurrected, him, I know seriously. So when they resurrected him, you know they're supposed to, to put blood in the thing for the for the whole reincarnation ceremony, but they end up putting ketchup in. And he became a vegetarian. Hey, what was this for? I was on Nickelodeon. It was like a spin-off to Danger Mouse. <laughs> Jesus it's Christ. A spin- it's a spin-off to Danger Mouse. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I said. I broke my back. What kind of injury was it? It's spinal. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I always think of Eli Manning as like a bad clone of Peyton Manning. And yeah. that's why. And he beat, but he found a way to beat Tom Brady twice in Super Bowls. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not Eli or Tom Brady fan, so. Yeah. I mean, Eli did it, though. He beat him twice. <laughs> Eli beat him twice. Well, talk about that boy Lamar Jackson, bro. Talk about that boy Lamar Listen, Jackson. Eli, Eli did it. Eli beat him with, with, with a wide receiver core that wasn't nobody's, really. I mean, the defense. Cruz that year, you know what I'm saying? He was injured. And then Plesico balled out, but then the next year Plesico got shot. shot no, 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 no. He, he, shot he, shot shot he literally shot he himself in the foot. He, I he feel like he himself. literally shot himself in the foot. The defense is what really uh, pressured Brady that whole Super Bowl. I mean, that first one go around with Strahan and all those guys, and then the second one it was a Jason Pierre Paul and, and everybody. And but that New York Giant defense was like out, hands down. They had everybody tough. Straight hand, you know. I'm sticking with Jesse Armstead on there. They they were ready. Yeah. Even the corners, they they had the corners, and the corners were covering. I know we <laughs> talked about a lot about the sports part, and and of course that's the name of the podcast. But I wanted to also talk about R&B because as we talked about earlier, our affinity for it, our love for it. One of the things I wanted to ask you is, well, I'll admit I don't listen to a lot of modern music because one i haven't been driving in a car for a while and worst case you know you watch stuff on youtube you watch concerts you watch old songs and, and stuff on youtube for example give me a modern army song you think i would like that i'm gonna actually not turn off after like listening 30 seconds of it oh <laughs> man yeah that's hard <laughs> yeah <R&B. laughs> like, oh, that is hard man in the past oh, man it's in a bad spot commercial wise. That, that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. You got you got Nicole Bus. She's she's good. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, she had but, like, but Earl, more, Earl, Earl is more like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think. Like I yeah, said, I like. I don't think that. Earl is like Temptations all the way. No, so I mean, no, 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 well, Motown no, 65. Like I said, I, I like the, again, it tells you how long it's been. I like, I like a lot of Bruno Mars' modern stuff. Of course, he hasn't come out with an album recently in the past couple of years, but I know I liked a lot of Bruno Mars stuff because why yeah, do you like Bruno Mars stuff? Because it has an old school feel to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, what I mean, same thing with when mm-hmm. when Charles Gambino came out with his joint. Mm-hmm. Um. That you know, people like that because it was it had an old school flair to it. You know, like he he mixed funk, he mixed you know old you know you know crooner music on on that joint was called Awaken My Love that album. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like nothing to me has topped mm-hmm. that. Since the album came out, I don't think there's been an R and B album that can top that. You know, from the past ten years. You know, to ten years ahead. You mean you know? You, I don't know, man. I, I'm telling you, man. This guy Jacob Lattimore is good, bro. Them connection albums are pretty good, bro. Um, even with like, I mean, I like Trey Songs. I think Trey Songs is good. You know, what I mean, like, but I mean, if you get into like, even what's the dude name? Um, they sing uh, and when we're making love. Uh, Thomas got, got got the vocals coming out. <laughs> I'm trying, man. Oh yeah, what's your name? I hear you. I hear you. I da- Daniel C. Daniel Caesar. Yeah, bro. I mean, because I listen to a lot of like, you know, what I mean, I listen to a lot of R&B still, man. It's just, it's, it's not. The groups are gone. You know, it's, gone. it's not about the the groups. Are, the groups are gone. Like, like we yeah. they faded away. They faded away with uh, Soul for Real. The last Soulful song that I really heard that I could say probably. Was Eric Benet? You know, sometimes I cry. Um, Jaheen, uh, got to find my way oh, back. Oh no, 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 songs not like, <laughs> no man. <laughs> got to find my way back was nice. Got to find my way back was nice. Yeah, yeah. Got to find my way yeah. back was nice though. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that job, bro. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, nice. Jaheen, yeah, yeah. yeah nice, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's about. I mean. You know, John. for Jaheen, you know, that's about it. That album, that whole album was fire. Music has music has declined, man, really, really bad. Man. No, speaking, I mean, because speaking, the, speaking there, there's music. no traditional R and B no more because now all the R and B is an up tempo beat, nah. and they rap the the R and B artists they they rapping now. Like your Nicki Minaj's, and they can't even sing. It's not that they can sing; they can't sing. And everything feels like it's a little orange. I mean, like auto tune stuff, and it's like, ugh. I hate Drake. I put it out there right now. That's why I hate Drake, bro. And because yo, dude I cannot can't sing. sing. I can't stand Jacquees. Jacquees gotta go. You know, I can't and, stand Jacquees. I'm sorry. It, it, call yourself the the the. the Hey, but at least Jacquees ain't singing to no little kid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say this. Working in radio, and, and I used to do, like, weekend shifts on radio in the past uh, 12 months. And the thing is, most of the music is just unbearable. And this is just the pop stuff. It's horrible. I tried. And <laughs> I, I, seriously, I've tried. When you get all you get is, like, half of these artists that are horrible. And you get Taylor Swift and all that other stuff. And it's like, I can't do it. I can't do it, man. <laughs> But and I'll say this, and because I work at different stations, to thing, country music, most of the country music sounds too popular. Like it's an R and B track now. It's like what's, what's the what's the well, point when everything I, sounds like a, a big you know, not, homogeneous mess? Now, yeah. Johnny Gill, 
Now Johnny Gill's album was nice though. Johnny Gill's album was nice though. Johnny Gill, that that album was fire. I will say yeah. that we didn't realize Drew Hill last oh. album was garbage. We, we didn't we didn't realize that you know going up through high school from '98 you know to college that that was like probably the last time R&B was like really big. You know what I'm saying? So we want what we mm-hmm. used to hear back mm-hmm. then. And it's not gonna happen. It's yeah. It's it's dead. It's dead. Like everybody wants to be hip hop, which go, is cool. Which is cool. You can rap, but you know. But other than that, it's it, you, you got to look hard for it. You know, there, there's a lot of good R and B out there, but it's more like in the jazz stuff. You you know, um, like it's not really much in terms of mainstream. We are in an age where, I mean, that music ain't. We need R Kelly back. Usher Usher can still do it, but he oh he yeah out really. No, no, yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Hey, Usher's still busy, bro. Oh, yeah, 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 that one album. Yeah, the album. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Nah, I haven't listened to Usher since. I haven't listened to Usher since Climax. No, he, he got he got one where he got peace sign on there, peace sign and say what you want. He's got he's got some stuff still, man. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, yeah. And I, I you know, but you know, I mean, I mean Chris Brown's Chris Brown's still singing. Chris oh, Brown's still singing. Man, man. Me cuss, man. No, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I was gonna bring this up in the unpopular R and B opinions, but you know, I always thought that this Justin Bieber has a better voice than Chris Brown. No doubt about that. Chris what, Brown, buddy? Justin Bieber has a better voice than Chris Brown. Buddy. Yes, yes. Chris Brown sounds like a dude who had appendicitis. That's all. He sounds like a, Whoa, a preteen. That I don't know about that one. Oh, I, know about I mean, I, I'm not just. I'm not. A, I'm not a Chris Brown fan. His but voice, his I, voice is garbage. Just, his voice is garbage. That's all it is. No, Chris Brown. Chris, can be, Chris Brown's not bad, bro. He's not bad. He, <laughs> hey, he's not great either. It, it can go in recyclables if it ain't garbage. It can go in recyclables. <laughs> you like it with juicy? <laughs> now, what about Tank? Tank's still, Tank's still doing it. What Tank's happened still to doing it? Oh, Tank, Tank then tanked out. <laughs> what happened to him? I remember it was the one album he had coming out when we were in college, and now he just sounds like everybody else. He sounds like generic R&B singer number 15. That's all it is. <laughs> generic yeah. R&B singer number 15, buddy. <laughs> I, and, yeah, I, you right about that. I try to listen. I'm not saying I'm this old man stuck in my ways. I try to listen, but I, I can't I can't do it. I'll just turn I'll just turn to the old school station on the radio and just like, you know, I tried. So, so, so listen to Nicole Plus. She's, she, she's and, good. And my, and my boy Maxwell, my boy Maxwell, I'm sorry, Christian, gotta do it. My boy Maxwell, his boy's gone. He, he, it's gone. Maxwell Bell's gone. It's and gone. Max it's gone. gone. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I think Corey told me, he told me he was on drugs at one point in court. <laughs> yeah, Maxwell's gone. Yeah, but hey, yeah. Tiana Tiana Taylor's good too, bro. You know, uh, what's the name's wife? Um, dude that played, uh, I mean, Iman Shumper's wife. She's yeah. she, she's dope, bro. Tiana Taylor, she's she pretty dope. She has a voice. I will say that she does have a voice. Yeah, yeah, she got a voice. You know what I mean? Like she got a nice voice, bro. She got a nice yeah. falsetto. That joint she had with Ghostface. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jill Scott still got who, it. Who is it? You said Jill oh, Scott. Yeah, Jill Scott. Oh, Jill Scott. I, I didn't even heard nothing from Jill Scott. Honestly, nothing like Jill. <laughs> okay, I haven't heard nothing from Jill Scott, bro. Last time I heard from her was living my life like it's golden. Mariah, Mariah, Mariah needs to stop. Oh, Mariah, no, no, Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey needs to stop. Yeah, not Mariah Carey needs to stop. You know what happened? Her like, voice she, is shot. She, she, 
I get her and little Kim confused. They look just alike. I mean, her, it's funny. There was always this thing that, you know, her voice is shot now, especially after that, what, New Year's and I, Eve? And I, that and whole I'm, New Year's Eve debacle. <laughs> She's singing. But they, they always and I'm tired of And I'm tired of Murray. And I'm tired of Murray singing about the same stuff. Like, <laughs> no, change it up. American I'm tired of yeah. hearing about Broken Heart. And this, I'm tired of hearing it. What, what else she gonna sing? That's all we know her for. Like, yeah. you know, that's all we know Mary for is is. No like, but we don't listen to Mary. Women listen to Mary. You know, they're they're what drive her. So I mean, that's that's what's happening. Okay, so I, I know we've been talking about a lot of this. Let's go into the unpopular R and B opinions. A lot of people saw the Facebook post I put up a while ago, just asking everybody their thoughts. I'm gonna run off a few, uh, you know, and just get your guys' thoughts on this. For example, and this is something we talked about in the pre-show. But we'll bring it up again. Uh, Beyonce, uh, according to Chris Waters, Beyonce is overrated. And if Aaliyah had lived, she would have been a bigger star. In fact, he said Selena level star. Aaliyah. Would have been. Man, if, if Aaliyah, if a. If Aaliyah was alive, Beyonce would not have her pedestal which she would have right now. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I agree. She would be good. She'd be a good entertainer, but she yeah. would not have her pedestal. She would have still been in the group. <laughs> Man, look, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, Aaliyah was owning the game, bro. That she was. was. I mean, was. Aaliyah was owning the game. Just like if Pun was still alive, it, and Biggie and Pop was still alive, this would not be the way it is today. I don't think it would at all. I would have said she was. Yeah, no. And I would no, say Tupac would have probably all. gone into acting because he was starting. To, he was starting to go that way. I think he would eventually left and oh, go into acting, go the L.O. Will Smith route. No, it would. It would have been more conscious rappers though. People that was actually trying to talk about revolutionists. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got immortal technique that like he's like just like pop. You know what I mean? In a sense, but like it, you would have people more aware of things instead of all this. Because let's be real, man. The, the the music industry, like I said, like like what you were talking about earlier. It's so bubblegum crap. And no offense, mm-hmm. but the white rappers or the UK people and, over the UK, and, they appreciate and that's, that's the music not, more than, than what we get. But uh, see, see, that's the funny thing. UK always appreciates and stuff that, more than oh, America does. And, and, and I just think it's because they won't let, um, the, the hip hop has been, has, I mean, just like the music, and it's been changed let's so forget, much. Let, let's not forget something. Aaliyah won in her categories, everyone that she was in. I'm on my podcast. Beyonce, when she was with Destiny's Child, they lost to NSYNC. They lost to NSYNC. They lost to the Backstreet Boys. They lost to Christina Aguilera. They lost. Well, I, so, I, I, I will say this. real. I, I will say this. Beyond, like, and there's no doubt Beyonce, she got, she, she got vocals. She, she can sing. I think that Aaliyah's death gave my her I had my an avenue. Yeah, so I just got in here, man. Like, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, I, I think that if Aaliyah was around, it would have been a bit different. But will Beyonce still be rising? I still think she kind of would be. You know. You're gonna have to get something, bro. I'm gonna order some chicken wings. <laughs> That's it. You're done, bro. I'm sure you're taking that shit. But yeah, I was just saying that. Um, uh, yeah, the thing is also, Leah had you know Timberland. Yeah, she had Missy. A lot of stuff right there. So I think that was also a huge benefit to Leah as well. I mean, and she and she was really really young. I mean, think about this. Right now, she'd probably be the early forties. Early forties right now, still putting out hits. I mean. I think she had Aaliyah had more appealing songs than Beyonce had, and, and that's easy to say to me. Yeah, I don't care nothing about Beyonce. 
her camel looking boyfriend. I'm sorry. They didn't hear hey, yo, I'm, yo, I'm yo, not a fan of Beyonce. I mean, yeah, but yeah, you know, like I'm not either, but you know, like I do think Aaliyah's death kind of gave her an avenue to kind of step through and be like, you know, okay, I, I can take over, you know. Because you're right, Aaliyah was, you know, she had the, you know, Queen of the Damned. She had the, you know, the 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 Jack, what was it, the Jet Lee movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. Romeo, Romeo Must, must die. die. Yeah, you know, Rock the, you know, Rock created the, the Grave. Yeah, yeah, like, like she was, she, movies. she was preparing to take that next step into like, you know, you know, super, super, superstardom, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. While Beyonce was still, you know, Beyonce was young, you can't knock her for that, but her death, like, you know, left a void for her to come through. Yeah, I mean, it didn't... she would have been on Queen Latifah status. Could make an album, acting, and, and everything. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many what ifs, and, and she really would have. That's so many what ifs, and we, and we think about it. This happened when we were just in college, freshman year, and she died. Next thing you know, it'll be next year that she had passed away, and it was just so crazy. She would have done it. She would have made. She would have made a living out of her career. Unlike I know Diane Ross. So Diana Ross has really been a. Uh, uh, I can't. You know, I didn't think she was that great of a singer. Uh, the funny story they talked about how she uh, supposedly said that. Like, Donna Ross. Patty LaBelle. Donna Ross, Ross like, to me was garbage. <laughs> well, what was it? Donna Ross was garbage. Let's, let's put it garbage? Come on. Oh, what? You know, she's I, like Barry Gordy. Corey, what she had to be about Barry Gordy. Nah, what's going on? Huh? I can't I can't agree with you on that one. I mean, I'm not, Donna I'm not Ross. A fan, she's a, she's a, Donna Ross, to me, was she's not a, that good. She's a pioneer, though, man. You can't, you can't say she's garbage. To me, Donna Ross is not that good. <laughs> she's right. a pioneer who gave it, who gave right. it up to get her fame. She gave it up to get her fame. I mean, she, listen, she became the queen of the disco and she also became the queen of you know what. Okay, I mean, so we're gonna keep the PG. I always okay, thought, I, I thought he, gave up his, he, gave, he gave up his freedom too. I was, he just gave up his freedom. I'm talking about Diana Ross. Miss Diana Ross knew what she was doing, and she knew that by sleeping with Barry Gordy and having a baby by Barry Gordy, okay, but that's beyond taking too. over the that's... lead of the Supreme. Bro, that's that's what they doing, but that's what you that's what they're doing, bro. Man. That, that that's not there's I'm no sorry. difference from back then what they're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that some I mean, of them kids, yeah, if, you're right. gonna, if you're gonna if you're gonna get with somebody and you can't even sing, you're just hurting my ears even more. <laughs> you're just, you're just, that's just terrible, bro. At least she could sing though. Like, yeah, yeah. She may have done what she did, but at least she could she could you can't have you can't go and sleep with somebody that have no talent. <laughs> well, oh, now, now you can, now you can, but uh, uh, I will say this: it's just that the fact that I was insulted to hear that, Gla- that Glass Knight said that Diana Ross didn't like her because she thought she was ripping off her style. <laughs> yeah, Gladys Knight said that, that Diana Ross, or maybe it was Pat, uh, yeah, I think it was that or Patty LaBelle. One of them said that that Diana Ross was jealous of them because they felt that. They were ripping off Diana Ross's singing style. I mean, Paula Bell and and Gladys Knight are like on a different level. Yeah, I mean, Ross. but but it was but my thing was like, there was people, there was people well, better than Diana Ross back then. They can like 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 Gladys That's Knight. It's people better than her. My favorite old school female singer. Yeah. No, like, and true. 
And bring it back, uh-huh. Mary, 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 had, Mary, Mary can now sing. Yeah, Gladys. You had Anita. You had Anita Baker. You Whitney. had Anita. You had. Hey, Thomas. You know what? I always say this: that uh, that Tony Braxton is a watered down version oh, of Anita my. Baker. Yes, he is. Because oh, <laughs> I heard, I heard L.A. Reid even tried to find somebody who sounded just like Anita Baker. Why are you calling me? Oh, oh. Why are you not in phone calls? Come on. The coolest person in that video was Dr. Dre. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, Tony Tony practice that, that was, that that was terrible yeah. days a week. <laughs> Another Tony Braxton a man about it. You can't tell me they don't sound you don't gotta lie to me. You can't say it. I mean that's a poor imitation of Anita Baker and I and I always said that every time it's like again, it's like you try to find Anita Baker, but you found someone that's like ten times worse. And I like Anita Baker. There's nothing wrong with Anita Baker. I just had to use a Tony Braxton is, is a poor Anita Baker knockoff. It's dollar store Anita Baker. That's all she is. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, Anita Baker is one of the one of the top ten. You know, there would never be another Anita Baker. Time. Never. Ever. Just like Aretha, like there never won't be another Aretha Franklin. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Aretha. Oh my God. That's like they said. What was it? You said, you said uh, Jaheen selling Tandy printing grass. I'm like, no, he don't. Oh, no, he don't. No, 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 no. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I did think there was a little bit of similarity between them two, man. No, Teddy's got a gruffer voice. Teddy's got a gruffer, powerful voice. Teddy hit another level. Yeah. Yeah, he could. Yeah. Yeah. Are we talking about the Teddy that looked like Christopher Reeves or the Teddy that. Yo. You can't say that about the man. Oh, uh, were we talking about the Teddy that was singing to them men? Which one were we talking about? Oh, that was a rumor. So you're that saying was a rumor. Before the accident, I don't know. I think him and Christopher Reese was in the same car together. Uh, no, you mean so? You mean? Hey, they did find Teddy with a man in the car when he got. They did find oh, Teddy with a man in the car. It was, oh, it was a he man. Yeah. It was a he man. Uh, oh god! The, the, uh, the Prince of Castle of Grayskull. They found him. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on the list, another another uh, another unpopular R and B opinion uh, from. Uh, Mark Demore, he said SWV or John A. He w- were the best R and B female R and B group over n- of the nineties, even over in his opinion TLC. Now, when he mean vocally or overall, I think vocally. Oh. Apparently, his his preference because yeah. you know, and he, and he's a and he's a big Whitney Houston fan, so he he prefers you know, you know, no, it's good. You know, so I mean, no, I mean, no doubt, like SWV could sing better than TLC. But TLC had Babyface writing. Yeah, I mean, Babyface was he his pen was golden. Like, so yeah. I got a group. I got a group. I thought was, I got a group that I thought was better than SWV. But I just think that then it had the right, the right promotion people behind them was Brownstone. Brownstone, Brownstone could sing, and I'm sorry, Brownstone was what they. If you listen to Brownstone's album, that album was fire, and the singing was 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 from the heart and soul, bro. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every, SWV had that 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 push from from Jimmy Jam and, and Teddy Riley and all them stuff like that. But Brownstone album was classic. I'm sorry. Yeah, but 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 back to Mark. Yeah, I don't know. Like you know, I like SWV's voice, but overall career wise, like TLC had it. 
lights. Like they had it, you know, red light special. Uh, you know, uh, 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 man, what was the joint they had um, at the college? Oh man, what about your friends? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Waterfalls. That that was classic. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, female groups, man. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I Coco was a beast, man. I thought she was dope, man. So I like <laughs> SWV. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the song by Coco called Midnight. At Alatina, she can sing. She got that album out. song. It's, it's, it's called <laughs> Midnight. And you listen to that song, and I guarantee you will you will change your mind. About Coco singing. Coco can sing her behind off. Cause she sang that song. Don't wait till midnight. That that song was classic, bro. Fun. Yeah. It's a gospel song called Midnight. Look for it. I'm telling you. Another one I wanted to come up with. Uh, we were talking about the best R&B lead singer, excluding Michael Jackson, Teddy Pendergrass, and Smokey Robinson. Best R&B lead singer. Best R&B lead singer. Sisto. Oh. <laughs> Yo, I knew I was gonna say that. I knew I was gonna say that. I knew it. I knew it. Dun, 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 dun. Yo, I knew it. Yo, how can I love you like was Tom's favorite joint? Like he played that joint forever. Hello? On that Cisco. Cisco. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no man, actually probably like uh I would say Dave Hollister, man from Black Street. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, I like that. that. I mean, I, 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 I'm talking about out of them, but you, are you talking about like most successful? No. In your opinion, who's the best lead singer of any R&B group, excluding Michael Jackson, Teddy Pendergrass, and Smokey Robinson? That's a hard one, buddy. That's real. No, hard. It is. A, that is a real hard one, man. Best lead singer. That's hard, man. It is. And I know I just missed name. Singer. Oh man, it could be. It could be. I, if it I had to go. Female. If I had to go anybody, it'd be it'd, it'd be the lead singer from uh from from Mint Condition, uh Schooly. Oh yeah, Schooly dope. Schooly, Schooly, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, probably Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like his voice was crazy. I, I, I mean, would you consider him the lead, or would it have been Maurice uh, yeah. uh, no. White? I can say him the lead. Like, I mean, you know, they didn't really have a lead. I mean, I can sort of, you know, they're like an equal play. I mean, now, now Philip Bailey's a lead singer since, since Maurice passed away and retired. I mean, he's a lead singer. I mean, if you really want to go, Dave Hollister. Yeah, that's Dave Hollister. He was a lead singer. He was a lead. He was a lead singer of Black Street. Overall, yeah, I don't know, man. That's Dave Hollister went solo and put out three albums that overclassed it. Yeah, even hard. before he left Black Street. Yeah, that's a very tough one. I'm trying to think of something as well. I am, uh, I believe, yeah, yeah, because I got I mean, Bobby, Bobby Brown. You got to put Bobby in the conversation. I thought Bobby Ralph was Brown. the lead singer. That's the other thing. I Bobby Ralph, Brown. Ralph Transvan. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Ralph was the lead singer to me. It felt like you heard most of his voice on that song than, than you would Bobby. But Ralph, Ralph, need a Ralph was a good singer. Ralph was a good lead singer. Yes, he was. But his al- solo album, it was, it was not. It wasn't like Bobby. Bobby took that. Bobby's all album, all of Bobby's albums, even the song he, even the, even the CD that he did, uh, uh, with him and, and him and Whitney together were classics. I mean, Bobby took that lead scene <laughs> to a whole new page. And I'm, I mean, I, I give Ralph his props. Don't get me wrong, but Ralph's sensitivity was nice, but 
Bobby was. But basically, everything new edition was like rapping game with, you know, with with everybody else either rapping or doing every other stuff. That's why I'm like, I can't think of anybody. Um, yeah. Here's one that I was thinking of, and I mentioned before: the Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald, better than all notes. That's you, buddy. Like, like, like you're, you're the Hall of Notes. You know, right. Doobie who? Brothers aficionado. The, so who? What? I'm uh, Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald. Uh, better than Hall knows. I mean, really, I, am I the blue-eyed soul aficionado here? Am I the only? You know, him singing minute by minute, what a fool believes, all that other stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, what? What were you just going to put? I mean, this ain't a blue-eyed soul category. I got one for you. I got one for you. Well for one. The bar. Chico, Chico the was the man, bro. Oh, yeah. You still don't get time bar. to start on Chico the barge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Chico was good, though, man. He just people get time to start Chico the barge. This is one that I saw that uh, Miles Bacon sent. Miles Bacon said Stevie Wonder is the most underappreciated artist in recent and recorded American history. Everybody loves Stevie. Yeah, Stevie was the man. Everybody loves Stevie. Underappreciated? Nah, 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 nah. Like, like Stevie and his props. I do want to put like a, a a part B to this. This is to me someone who doesn't get a lot of credit because they're only known for one big hit, and it's one that, while it's a popular song. His resume is underappreciated. Ray Parker Jr. Ray Parker Jr. is a very underappreciated person because all everyone knows him for is Ghostbusters. But one hit. Oh no! Well, no. Well, if you think about this. He wrote. He wrote Mr. Telephone Man. Yeah, but like, I mean. I mean, songs like, I mean, solid songs. He had solid songs like uh, Jack and Jill, uh, Woman Needs Love, uh, Other Woman. Come on, don't. This ain't like the Key and Peele thing where it's just uh, him singing every song that sounds like Ghostbusters. <laughs> I just know Ghostbusters. That's all I know. <laughs> oh. I mean, yeah. I mean, Ray Parker Jr., I mean, and it's funny, you ever you listen to him, and I, I didn't think about this because I know he worked with them, but. He has a little bit of a Marvin Gaye type sound too sometimes because he worked with Marvin Gaye. He he co-wrote some songs with Marvin Gaye too. I, was, I mean, I had to look this up on Wikipedia, but I know he was like a session guitarist for Marvin Gaye too. Uh, I, I tell you what though, who are you gonna call? Me, I mean, another lead singer. Going back to the lead singer is is. I mean, we can say we want Cisco did carry that. That lead, and then jazz, jazz, even jazz by himself. Jazz had a nice song by himself, but Cisco. I don't know the end No, jazz, jazz had that one. Jazz had that one song on another Professor Two soundtrack. So listen to it. You know what I talk about all the time, Christian. I talk about all the time. Go to the another Professor Two soundtrack and play the song by jazz, and I guarantee you will see a different side of jazz. You'd be like, okay, the man can sing by himself. Jazz. I, I had another unpopular opinion. Maybe it is popular. Uh, Jagged Edge is garbage. Oh God, no! <laughs> it's just a bunch of yelling, man. That's all they are. Because, I mean, compared to no one twelve, they're garbage. They're hot garbage. And then if you put Joe, if you put Jodeci and Drew Hill in the category, uh, Jagged Edge is garbage. They are compost. They are recyclables. They are uh, maybe biodegradable. That, that's how level of garbage Jagged Edge is. I was never a Jagged Edge fan. I don't know what it was. Uh, I was I was never, you know, none of that stuff. You know, it was like it was popular. Promise, uh, you know, let's get married, you know. But I was I was never. I had Drew Hill. 
So I didn't need to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I promise to never ever hear those guys singing. <laughs> made a point. You could take the lyrics from one song and put it into the backing of another song, and it still sounds the same. Basically. You could put Walt right out of heaven to Let's Get Married, and, and you wouldn't even miss a beat. Basically. Jacket is to me compared to the One Twelves and the and the Drew Hills and the other groups that are out. Jacket is, I mean, they, they they had some good groups. I mean, they had good songs, but they weren't to me like as big as they were. Like to me, they were good, but they weren't as good as they were. <laughs> to me, they are like the ninety-eight degrees of R and B groups in the nineties. That's what Jacket is reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the best way to describe 98 it. 98 degrees. Yeah. 98 degrees is all right, man. And they're still rising. But they're not Bastry Boys or, or NSYNC. I mean, compared to this, like, let's say if there was a comparable way to, if there's a way to compare, like, if Jodeci was like NSYNC, then Drew Hill was like maybe Bastry Boys. Um, I don't know what you would compare 112 to, but they're still, they're still a higher level than, uh, than, uh, Jagged Edge. Here's what we're gonna do. We're not gonna put Jodeci in the same sentence as MC. I know. <laughs> hey, these are comparable. Yeah, things. you cannot. You cannot do that. Yeah, no. I know. I know. I know. It's blasphemous. It's like you know. It's like comparing Chicago to the Commodores. Oh. Yeah. Actually, they're more like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Be think about it. Who would you say is the best R&B group of the 1980s? Oh wow. Corey had a list. Like, <sighs> <laughs> I mean, if you had to look at, okay, if you got to look at, if you got to look at sales, um, overall, uh, everybody, I mean, it, it's kind of, it, it's kind of hard because you got different styles in different eras. I mean, like I said, when you got the 80s, you still got New Edition there. So New Edition definitely is, in that category, because they sold out concerts, they sold out everywhere. I mean, no matter what, um, the Jackson Five still are hands down. Um, no, the Brothers—they've been through every era, even when they separate. You know, um, Earth, Wind, and Fire—you got to put them in that category. I mean, for real, you got to. Um, yeah, but I feel like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Shalimar. Oh, Who yeah, wasn't Shalimar. on Shalimar back then? Yeah. Shalimar was, was hot. Yeah, I feel like when the fire was starting to peter out in the early 80s, and it's like, you know, they had that, that OJ's, yeah. the OJ's, Heat Wave, you got Heat Wave, After 7. No, yeah, but... but Slide in the family. If I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, like, one group, yeah, but if I had to pick one group that, to me, stood out, out of 80s. all the groups in the eighties, yeah, and was like that. It will be between. I will go over in the fire. Seventies, <laughs> seventies, hey. yeah. I gotta start my league, man. I'm sorry, guys, man. I gotta cut it, man. Yeah, um, but if we we do a part B, uh, man. Man, let me know, man. I'm sorry about this, man. I didn't know it was. I didn't know. My bad. No, yeah, no, yeah. No, I, 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 no I got that too. I, yeah, I'm sorry, man. We'll have to pick this up on a, a future occasion. Anybody want to give us some shout-outs? Yeah, man, I just want to shout-out to you guys, man. I miss you guys. I love you, brothers, man. And um, hopefully we get together, man. Like, when I come up, we all get together, man. And uh, we, we, we have a good time or something, man. 
I'm happy for everybody. God bless y'all, man. Love y'all. Love you too. Yeah, most definitely, man. I love you, man. Y'all, my brothers, man. Y'all, y'all yep. know we, we've been through everything together. I love all y'all, man. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, shout out to my wife because she put the baby down and gave her the bath while I was going through her dad. <laughs> hey, shout out, shout out to my mind too. She right here beside me. Say hey. <laughs> You support me in my bowling night. Yeah, Mazda says sleep. Was trying to sleep. I'm a little loud. I'm a little loud with mine. But uh, all right, y'all. Y'all boys, be safe, man. Hit me up anytime, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll do this again. Y'all be safe, man. There's so many things that we didn't get to and things we didn't even touch the surface on that I look forward to talking about with Corey, Thomas, and Christian the next time around. Next time, my guest will be Cortez James, author and founder of the company Recruit University. James will discuss how his experience coaching led to finding a niche and helping student-athletes get recruited to play sports at the collegiate level. New episodes are available each week on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else podcasts are heard. You can also go to the Sports Refuge website for a complete archive of episodes. Until next time, this is Earl Holland saying thanks for listening and have a good one. You've been listening to the Sports Refuge podcast. For more information about our show and our guests, go to our website at thesportsrefuge.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Sports Refuge, on Instagram at Sports Refuge Sports Blog, and on Facebook at The Sports Refuge Sports Blog. Thank you for listening.